0: Hmm?
1: Ah. Hey everybody, I'm Rima
2: And I'm Sean
1: And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show Castle Rock
2: Today we'll be covering the fifth episode from season two of Castle Rock titled The Laughing Place
1: I really liked this episode, Sean. I what, did do you, what did you think?
2: I too. So uh, I might have more of a radio voice because I'm recording in a different place. <laughs> and I kind of feel like I'm holding a mic instead of it being there in front of me. So I feel more like official and fancy. But yeah. You do.
1: You're like a sportscaster.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I really, really enjoyed this episode. The first four episodes were pretty good for this show. But I definitely yeah. didn't have as much excitement as I did for last season. But this was just a well-written, well-acted, well- done episode that had uh, it kind of had a very predictable uh, situation happen. Uh, like I kind of think yeah, I called it you like.: think so? Yeah, I kind of yeah? called it about 20 minutes in I'm like, "Oh, this is what's happening." Okay, uh, good. But they still kept me on the, uh, you know kind of on the end, I was like, uh, well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe this is going to get dark a lot quicker than I wanted to, but, <clears> but yeah, I really, really liked this episode.
1: I did, too. I, gosh, I mean, last season, we had the episode The Queen. If everyone remembers that um, Sissy SpaceX centric episode mm-hmm. where she's kind of going in and out of her own mind, and she's going from, time, you know, different time and place. Um, that, to me, was just one of the best episodes of the series. And this one, I feel like, is a really close second. I mean, I've really been digging uh, season two so far, but I just really, really love this whole episode. So, I'm really excited to start talking about it. Sean, I want to hear your number five. Cause I got to start talking about this show.
2: All right. So for my number five, I just want to go with this cold open. Uh, you get to see Annie as a kid. Uh, it looks like she has, um, it's dyslexia, right? Is that where you see words backwards?
1: That's how I took it. I, d- I didn't take it. Like she's just illiterate. when they, when they, actually showed you what she saw on the pages. Now, I, I don't have dyslexia, um, and I didn't know anyone that suffered from it, but from what I've read about it, it seems like that's what it looks like, that you're not, you know, it kind of scrambles the words and your letters a little bit. So, yeah, I think so.
2: Yeah, which I kind of like that they showed that there, too, and it was very subtle too, because if you didn't really pay attention, you could be like, well, maybe she just can't read, she's just got some issues, but, you know, mm-hmm. even when the tutor came by and her dad, they all thought she was really, really smart, which seems like she is. She seems like she's got some intelligence there, but yep you do see this dark (laughs) anger inside her you know (laughs) she's she's walking back on the bus and the kid makes fun of her and you know it's like she just had enough of it and whack with that metal lunchbox knocking the girl out uh and her dad decides hey guess what i'm gonna homeschool you because it's the school's fault which is you know usually the go-to but um, of course i learn. i love that you kind of see the mean kids in there you uh figure out that uh kind of her love for books and reading and being a number 1 fan mm-hmm.
0: uh you know there's the whole
2: question of where this ties into the misery timeline but you know you'll you see that she's got her first uh uh I don't know what you would call it her uh not addiction but her first love of the written word her, her love of authors kind of find yeah. the first one and uh, i thought that was really really kind of it was kind of sad but it was really interesting Uh, And then we find out the book title, uh, where that came from, which ties back into the box she was carrying all the way back in episode one.
1: I know, so much goodness and tie-ins um to different things and it really kind of made more sense when we because you know we had that cold open in the first episode you know where she you see this well we we have to okay that has to be a young annie right walking through the woods and she's carrying that box and she walks up to the water um so it all makes sense she's covered in blood now we know why Mm -hmm. and um so yeah and i mean i I feel like it, it can be so tricky doing these flashback episodes um You know, but they did it so well. This origin story that we got, and that actually ties a little bit into uh, my my number five as well. I love everything that you said, though, about what um, about your number five. That those were really great points. Did you have anything else?
2: Uh, No, I'm excited to see kind of what you have to say for that.
1: I like that. Well, I I thought that it was really super smart of the writers and the showrunners of the show to have Annie's backstory. You know, kind of be based off of this origin around her ability to read um, and understand fiction. Um, I mean, not only for me, it makes sense for her character that she has a talent for telling stories. Um, She can spin a good tale, and we saw that in one of the... I cannot pinpoint the exact episode, but there was when she was talking to Joy about The Laughing Place and what it was. When Annie goes into a story, and we've seen how she can just kind of make up stories on, on, on a whim, too, so she seems to, in her own right... Be a pretty good storyteller. So we kind of see she must get that from her father. Um, yeah, that you know, conversation when
2: she had with Pop, too, like she was able to kind of mix the truth in with the fiction yes. and really, really tie that together really neatly.
1: It, totally believable. Totally believable. I think if you're going to be a good liar, you got to be able to tell a good story, right? So um, clearly she's got a really great um, talent for telling stories. So I, I love that that ties in with her character. But also um, when she in misery, uh, she gives Paul, shall we say some constructive criticism about his novel. you know she goes in and 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 gives him very detailed you know as to why the story needs to go this way or that way, or why he can't do this or why he shouldn't do this um and she tell and she'll you know she was telling Rita in this episode she's like, oh, it's what I tell my dad all the time. there has to be consequences to people's actions, or it doesn't it's it's not a real story um which I think there's probably lots of other things you can kind of read into that. But, you know, she seems to really just have a really good understanding of stories and fiction. And I would love that that's how they decided to give her her backstory. Um, I don't know if that's going to be considered like a true canon, you know, history of Annie Wilkes, because I, from what I've read, they don't give her a whole lot in the, in the book. Like they just you don't really know a whole lot about her, except for what you kind of see also in the movie is that, you know, she uh, or babies went missing and some people died. Um, that's pretty much um, all that you get. Not a really lot about her. So I love that this is what they came up with. I think it was—it fit perfectly with her character. It made perfect sense. Um, and I think they did a really great job with it.
2: Well, I know some of the theories we had, too, is that this might be uh, like – I know the theory was that Joy is going to be the actual Annie we know. And I think we talked about that maybe Annie was the daughter of – The Annie we know from Misery. Mm -hmm. So I kind of, I'm still kind of curious how they're going to play if they're going to play that at all into the Misery, you know, uh, canon at all, or if this is just kind of like, hey, this is a character you kind of know. We're kind of going to make this twist on it, or if this will kind of be the canon backstory of the Annie we know,
1: right? I know it's so exciting yeah I'm definitely calling some things wrong um, as we were theorizing like oh is it going to be this and and could it be that I I feel like I'm definitely going down the wrong path but I love where they're taking me so far I thought it was really great Um, so far good origin story I think it totally fits I feel like they they have a good understanding of of who Annie is um, and her character so I thought it was perfect so what's your number four
2: so my number four uh i'm titling it mom talk so we see (laughs) uh we see joy leaving with albie uh to his you know his new mall and out of the corner window we see annie which it kind of looked like she was running at first but she's just walking her very fast-paced walk which was creepy in its own setting (sighs) but i'm not sure if if albie set this up or who set this up but they get together and uh, just have, it's, I guess this is going to be pretty short, but they have a quick conversation in the back of the car,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: Joy sets, like, she's like, hey, I told him I'll give you five minutes, have this conversation, and if it does, like, if you basically don't answer my questions, we'll be done. And she asked who her father was, and uh, this is before we really knew anything from the episode, and. Annie essentially says, hey, it's complicated, which we find out it is extremely complicated.
1: Very, yeah.
2: And so that was kind of planting the seeds in my mind. I'm like, oh, like, you know, what, what's what's all this about? And uh, Annie doesn't want to tell her, and so she's like, all right, well, it's over, get out, or I'll scream. And that's the end of the conversation. And uh, we find out that, you know, Annie doesn't want to tell her any of this information, but Joy coming from a very intelligent, uh, I guess, gene pool, uh, determines that she can kind of figure this out on her own. So it, it was uh, it was kind of interesting there, too. That it was kind of weird but kind of interesting because, you know, this whole situation is coming up with her and her mom, but they have this conversation in the car. And, again, I'm not sure how that was actually set up, so I'm kind of curious where that came from.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I wasn't completely clear on how that got set up um completely, but that scene with Annie walking to the car was maybe one of the creepiest damn things I think I've ever seen. Um
2: Yeah, I felt like that was out of like The Haunting of Hill House. Like that's a scene you see like some weird ghost walking like unnaturally. Like,
1: Exactly. Yeah. Like there's a little bit something off about that person and the way that they're walking. And yeah, Lizzie Kaplan just does such a great job um, with how menacing she can she can be like she can be sweet and gentle one minute and then really menacing and scary the next. And that's what makes her character so fun. I like that. Yeah, that was um, I'm glad at least Joy was at least open to to listening from her, but I'm sure it was more um, for Joy's purposes because she's trying to dig for more information um from from her mother. I like it. Good number 4. Um my number 4, I should have talked more about it when when you were talking about it. I just kind of went straight into my number 5, but you touched on it already when you were talking about um the grade school um aged Annie that we got to meet in the cold open. Um when we were introduced to her, like you mentioned, we under, we realized that she has um, this, some struggles with reading. And she gets bullied and teased by her classmates um, for it, which kids are such assholes.
0: I oh, um, yeah. uh. <laughs>
1: Kids are so mean it's it's just terrible Um, and I don't feel bad at all calling kids assholes because frankly some kids are just assholes um, and they can do assholish things Um, But side note, why was this not addressed by her? I I know that the teacher shushed all the kids when they were kind of making fun of her um, But you can tell at least I felt I could tell this was not the first time this happened why? And I get that. Yes, Annie should have. You know, this her whacking the kid with the lunchbox should have been addressed. We can't go around whacking people with lunchboxes. But although in this case, I'm okay with it. Um, you know, but why is no one addressing the fact that these kids are making fun of of their fellow student? You know, I.
2: I, well, I mean, thought. this was, I mean, I kind of think Annie's about my age. This would have been like in like 92 to it said, 96. It said 1994.
1: Yeah, it said it was 1994.
2: So, yeah, so that was kind of a, I don't, I mean, I think a lot of the bullying campaigns kind of had started, but I don't know if, I mean, there were still a lot of the old school teachers who were just like, okay, I've been dealing with kids for 47 years. Because all teachers are old. I don't know if all your teachers were old, but.
1: <laughs> Not all of
2: them. Like, I went to the <laughs> same school my parents did, and. You know, I had my first grade teacher like, well, that was my first grade teacher. And when I was in school, they were old. And that was like 20 years ago. Yeah. So our school had a lot of older teachers kind of there. So I don't know if it's just like not the touchy feely or if it, maybe that was just one situation. And again, it kind of really emphasizes somebody who uh, is struggling with, uh, with a disability and isn't stupid or have anything wrong with them. They just need a little bit of extra help. And unfortunately, right. they're not getting it, and the kids are making it worse.
1: Right. Well, I mean, I get, I guess, different personalities and different teachers, but I don't know. It just seems like an asshole-ish kind of thing. I know if 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 I'm a teacher, and I'm not, and teachers do an amazing job, but um, I just feel like, you know, if, if – and then why didn't the teacher recognize that she's struggling? Why isn't someone going, hey – we feel Annie is probably not up to the level that she needs to be or we recognize that she's struggling. Maybe she has a learning disability. I mean, we're not in the Stone Ages. It was 1994. Um, I feel like those things were still being recognized. If, if a child has a learning disability, they should have picked up on it by now, especially if they're reading out loud in class. And you can tell that, that they're struggling. The teacher just seemed to brush it off. Um, why has no one addressed it and, and then said, hey – you know, Mr. and Mrs. Wilkes will get your daughter, you know, a tutor or an assistant or someone to help her. And, and I mean, they have programs for kids who have dyslexia. It was just it was just aggravating me that it came to that. And then, you know, anyway, um, so that wasn't addressed. And like I said, probably makes me makes me a little bit of an asshole. And like I said, I'm OK with it is on the school bus when Annie does, does get confronted by that little girl, the one that was kind of teasing her and giving her a hard time in the class. Um and when that girl gets in her face and says, "You know, do you know what this says?" and she just looks at it and goes, "Ouch, my face!" and <laughs> whack with this with this lunchbox. Sometimes bullies get what's coming to them. Oh yeah, you for know. Sure. And and I was okay with that. I'm not all about violence or anything like that. But that girl, I feel like needed a pop in the face um, for being so terrible to her. And yeah, I
2: mean, the question there is like, do you think that girl made fun of Annie ever again? Probably not. <laughs>
1: Probably not. You know what? Sometimes you gotta. You know, bullies need to get what's coming to them. You need to punch a bully, and when you do, they typically will leave you the hell alone. Um, but I thought one, it was a really great burn by Annie when when she, <laughs> yeah, Ouch, my face, and then whacks over the skull box. Two, and one other thing that makes the scene really um, interesting is the coldness from Annie after she does it. Oh, like yeah. she just. Whacked the girl to, with with it, and you can see the blood. Did you see the like the little blood yeah, it's splatters there? on her?
2: That yeah, was old just, school like zombie like on the mirror thing.
1: Yeah, and it was like you're already getting this glimpse of this little bit of darkness um, at such a young age, and I, that was just like wow. I mean, first it was like yeah, whacked that girl upside <laughs> the head, and then it was like when she, her just this cold reaction from her, I was just like oh you know, she's not crying. She's not, I mean, she's not laughing or smiling, but she's just like,
2: just like, no, um, what'd they say? Like she showed, uh, not, well, they kind of, it's like some basically, uh, neurological kind of thing, not narcissism, but, uh, I think it was kind of like what Dexter has where like, you feel no emotions.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, Dexter,
2: So good. Yeah, um, great show.
1: anyway, that's my number four. What
2: is your number three? Uh, so my number three, it's really kind of interesting to see Annie's mother and father. And it definitely is kind of this, you know, she really was talking about this a lot, is this good versus bad. And Annie's mother, I, I'm kind of curious if Annie's mother uh, at the start of this episode was taking lithium like uh, Annie was prescribed. Because at the beginning she was still, you know, because she's very much the, you know, everything has to have its place. Uh, you know, she you have to fall. OCD. Yeah, like yeah. no smoking in the house. You know, she was, uh, I think she was a dental hygienist because she was cleaning uh, Annie's teeth, which of every show we've ever watched, that was the one that made my skin crawl the most.
1: <laughs> Don't like that.
2: Oh my God. They hit the, the perfect, like when she was scraping her teeth and it made that. Oh. Cr- cr- I was like, whoop. And then she was like, nope. flossing her teeth. And I'm like, ugh. Like, I have a huge <laughs> fear of the dentist. Side story, like I was like in eighth grade and they were trying to x-ray my teeth and the dental hygienist was an evil woman and she couldn't get under my tongue. So she pushed the plastic really hard under my tongue. You know, the little piece that keeps your tongue attached, slice that and cut it. (gasps) And so I was like bleeding and crying. Oh yeah. Like I have a huge fear of that now. Oh Uh, man. And I mean, like you're in eighth grade and I'm like, I don't want to cry. I want to be a big boy. Like but that hurts and it's scary. Oh no, that
1: had to hurt like a bitch. Oh, it did.
2: Uh, But seeing that was like, ugh, like made my skin crawl. But you kind of see like the progression of Annie's mom really Mm kind of start. And again, it was, you know, Annie's dad, as we learned, was doing some things that was inappropriate. Um, Mm -hmm. We see that their relationship really was not that strong at all. Uh, They were not there for each other whatsoever. But her mom really instilled in her this very black and white you know there's good there's bad there's no in between Mm -hmm. uh because you could argue that you know those two weren't right for each other you could see that pretty clearly uh they probably should have taken different paths to maybe separate but it definitely put one of them in a tailspin and really kind of affected annie too because i mean i think annie would probably see herself as being good like what she did was righteous i would think
1: Oh, I think that's a a key point of her character is and that's why it's hard to hate her. I mean, she she does do some bad things for sure and um, she does that doesn't give her a pass, but she truly believes what she do, what she does is the right thing. So that's why it's hard oh, to yeah. really hate her. She's trying to do the right thing and that's what she believes.
2: But I think that's really hammering here like a very much a good versus bad. Um so that's kind of my number 3. Is, I mean, we've kind of seen that already <clears> throughout <throat> the uh season, but you really Mm -hmm. kind of see where that came from. And I think after her mother uh, decided to, which is another theme in castle rock driving into water,
1: uh, (laughs) yep. (laughs) Kind
2: of really instilling her the good and bad.
1: I like it. Um, well that's a really great segue because that's going to lead pretty good into my number three, but I'm, I'm going to kind of separate them out and, and talk specifically about, um, her father. So, Based on, and I mean, we didn't know. So we know now from the flashbacks that Annie was having of the guy in the hat with the blood on his face. You know, we were like, who the hell is this guy? You know, Um, is this the guy that's chasing them? Is he even alive? Is she hallucinating? And what the hell is going on? Now we know that was her father. So just now that I was able to connect those dots, I was like, oh, her dad's going to be an asshole in this episode, right? Because that's how we kind of are, at least the feelings I was getting is you know that this is someone she's scared of or someone that's done her wrong um in in her life so i fully expected going into this episode that annie's father was going to be the harsh or strict one but they totally twisted it on me um and it turned out and he actually turned out i think to be a fairly decent person oh yeah i heavily flawed don't get me wrong very heavily flawed
2: of like characters we see in shows he was he was very much like a very realistic character like Absolutely. You know, he didn't want to see the flaws in his daughter. He loved his daughter. Mm-hmm. He tried to, you know, make something of himself and, you know, he wanted his daughter to be a part of it. And they, they did really well together. You know, the, the yep. collaboration they did was great. Um, you know, unfortunately he was probably with the wrong person and his wife, Annie's mom, but, uh, and vice versa. I don't think she probably should have been with him. I think she probably could have been happy for somebody else, but, yeah, much a mismatch. Yeah, very much like a broken Ooh. home type story that I think a lot of people can relate to.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he I felt like he was a fairly decent person. You could tell very clearly he, he cared very much for Annie. You could see that... You know, beautiful, strong bond that they had. You know, from the time when she was really little, and you know how he was trying to make her feel better, and like, you know, it, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. It's the kids, and you know, we're going to make you better, and you're going to be fine. Um, so he really, I believe, had his had his daughter's best interests at heart. He was a very flawed person, and he was not what I expected at all. Um, he had both the good and bad qualities of being human. That Annie can't fully reconcile like you said her mother has you know drilled this very black and white type of world in her head you were either good or you were bad yeah the you best know.
2: example i mean that pinocchio story uh-huh. like when she was talking about that and they're like well in the original they burned into death it's like well that's what it should have been he was yeah. bad like he doesn't deserve redemption. Yeah, he should have died. You're like, holy <laughs> shit, don't cross I Annie. Know.
1: I was like, I know she said that when they were talking about Pinocchio. And she she's like, well, what do you think should have happened? She's like, he should have died. And I was like, <laughs> oh, shit. And she, <laughs> he was, I mean, it's not good to be a liar, but, you know, do you deserve to die because you're a liar? Um, and I'm Which sure that's Which is funny because
2: she's definitely had a lot of lying in the last, you know, few mm-hmm. years that. Uh, Again, she's probably judging as being the good, but, you know, she's lied to get stuff for her health. She's lied, you know, what their names are as they've been traveling. Yeah. Does she even actually have a nursing degree? Like, you know, those are questions to ask.
1: She lied to Joy um, about, you know, her past and what's, you know, where they're really from and who her father – well, I (laughs) – Lied by omission. She hasn't really told her, but you know she is. So she hasn't outwardly lied, but she's lied by omission by withholding that information from her. Um, But yeah, and and I remember oh the episode when uh, she had Annie tied up and she was telling she she was really angry with Annie um, because she's like you lied to me. She's like you told me that lying to someone that you love is the worst thing that you could ever do, and it's like ah. Now we know where that comes from. If that's what she's told, what she's told Joy, and all that's coming back on her now, because you can see through through this story that we've learned how her father lied to her, um, you know, by not telling her the truth about him and Rita. Um, I think her mother kind of lied to her a little bit too um, by not telling her. But I don't know. I'm guessing she had her reasons for that. But I, I, I you can just tell that he really cared for Annie. Um, the way that he tried to help her with her reading. Um, so that was to me, a good twist on kind of learning who her father was. And, like you said, it could be a real person right? I mean, he he doesn't have to be up on the screen. He could be just any any person just trying to do his best, following his dream by writing a novel, helping his daughter by homeschooling her, um taking her out of a bad environment like her school, um and just trying to do right by her. He just he made some bad mistakes. um so. That's my number three is her father. I'm sure I'm going to talk a little bit more about him as we go along.
2: I like it. So my number two is if you type this into any of your uh, favorite video uh, sites out there, uh, I'm sure you get this uh, genre, but uh, it's someone's been banging the tutor. So uh, (laughs) as we see this going on, it, it was I think this was really, really well done, though, because. What you see is you see this progression of you know Annie and the tutor getting together, and you can see right from the bat that they're, I think the mom is the one who set this up, and you see very combativeness with the tutor and the mom right at the beginning, right? The mom comes up, says, this is your tutor, this is going to help you, and, and the tutor quickly is like, hey, can, can Annie and, and I be alone? And very much kind of like puts like the mom kind of out of the picture, is like, listen, I know what I'm doing, I want to take care of this, and... Unfortunately, uh, you know, with the struggling relationship that Annie's mom and dad had, you know, I'm sure that the tutor and him probably had just some, you know, communication and discussions. And what we find Mm -hmm. out with, you know, I I kind of like there was, I think once you saw that the tutor was pregnant uh, (laughs) in the the one scene, I was like, uh, yeah, I'm guessing, I'm guessing, uh, that's that's your dad's that's your new half sister mm-hmm. and it was not too much after that. I think when she's like uh i don't know if she asked if she could hold him, hold her at that point like or just like when to put her hand on her belly or what it was, but um that's when the, I wrote down uh pretty early in the episode i 'm like that's joy uh, yep. that's so Annie doesn't actually have a daughter, joy is her half sister, yeah, uh, so it's definitely. I think it's a good twist. It's a twist I didn't think of until this episode. So pre this episode, I was pretty confident that joy was Annie's daughter, but you know, this episode clearly laid it out that it's not, but it was definitely a good twist. It's a twist that I didn't see coming because we, we go back to the very first episode and what we see is we see that Annie's coming out with a box and something's moving in the box. And this is kind of going back to the first episode, but you know, when I first saw that, I'm thinking, it's Stephen King. What is it? Is it an alien? Is it some demon? What is it? And it's a baby. Yep. And so, like, you know, you see Kinda the same thing. Yeah. So you see the, <laughs> you see the ravening angel on the box, and like you're like, okay, well, is this some kind of project? Like, what is it? And I think you and I both discussed, like, well, did she escape from somewhere? Is that what this is all about? And you know, this I, I really like that and again, we're five episodes in. So they're tying all of this in pretty early in the season.
0: Mm-hmm. So instead of us
2: still kind of believing like she escaped some kind of like maybe insane asylum or, you know, she was in some kind of weird, you know, government experiment, it's it's a lot more simple. You know, it she, is. she just, you know, had a weak moment where she discovered that, oh, my God. OK, so it was I guess it wasn't even really a weak moment because it took a while. You know, she's kind of got all this stuff that's been building up for a few months. Like, hey. My dad cheated on my mom, which caused her to kill herself, and now my dad has a daughter. And this accident happens where you know she kind of pushes him away because she, she didn't mean to kill him. And that's right. another really genius thing with this episode. When you think about the writers, is they have this situation where you know. I was expecting, because she picks up that knife at dinner when she discovers all oh, yeah. this. And we saw her smack that girl in the face, like you said earlier. So you're like, oh, shit, she's just going to kill both of them. And no, it's not the case. It was a very much of an accident. She just pushed her dad away, and he fell, which I don't know if that was very realistic. I don't know how easily it is to, like, fall on a banister and to get, like, vampire spike through the stomach. yeah. I mean he good did,
1: good callback though, of this vampire staking yeah, in Salem's it, lot, and um yeah, I don't know about that either um but i mean she she uh she did have murderous tendencies though because she did stab Rita with
2: the scissors, but yeah, yeah, and it was kind of to me it was like okay, she's like her dad's dead, and that's kind of spawning this like. Because they they didn't have her on any medication, it sounds like, because he really didn't want to put her on it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, oh, my God, like, I think at that point, like, going back to the good and the bad, it was almost like, you know, you're the reason my dad's dead, not, like, her fault of her own. And so she stabs her in the stomach and takes little baby Joy out of the, the crib and runs away with her, which at this point we're led to suspect that both the dad and the tutor are now dead. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, it all just kind of ties back to the fact that you know uh, someone's banging the the tutor.
1: <laughs> Someone did, in <laughs> fact. Yeah,
2: it, I I really
1: liked all the twists too. I I felt pretty early on that Joy was not her biological daughter. Um, oh, But really? I thought, well, where did we, where and how? You know. So I, I really loved this, and it makes total sense. So I love how they you know we giving me these little twists and turns as we were um as the story was unfolding i really liked like that and um so that that kind of leads me into a little bit with my number 2 and i want to talk now about her mother so we we meet Nancy Wilkes and i you know you kind of see the good and the bad in both of her parents cuz i you know i feel like a lot of people whenever i was reading were really dogging um Annie's mom uh for for You know, all these terrible things that she did. But I thought, you know, (sighs) I don't see it that way. I I see the bad. I'm not dismissing it or excusing any of it. But, you know, so we meet Annie's mom and you can definitely tell where she gets uh, her predilection for her clean mouth (laughs) and her strong sense of right and wrong.
2: Hey, mom, can we order the cereal by alphabet? (laughs)
1: Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, her mom looks like she's she's got some OCD. Um, and clearly, some other maybe undiagnosed. I think she's completely undiagnosed, but we know that she's got some OCD happening. Um, and clearly, when she hits this like mental break later, when she does lock herself and Annie in the car and commit suicide, I feel like you're already struggling with something internally. If you want to kill yourself, but if you're also wanting to take your children with you, yeah, oh, that's I feel you have, there's something happening mentally oh, there. And, and I
2: was nervous that she was going to be like, Annie, get in the the trunk or like put her in the trunk, like something like super creepy like that. But
1: yeah, I, that,
2: I, it's a good point because I think with with her, with Nancy, Annie's mom, you know, at the beginning you, you see, she's got these issues, but it seems like she has it under control. Mm-hmm. And I think when everything started breaking down, I feel like she was probably on medication she stopped taking the medication or she started drinking, which made her medication not work at all at that point.
1: Right. Possibly.
2: So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think dogging her mom is I think her mom is a, a, a real character. It's it's a it's a real person. Right. who had the situation that was, you know, I mean, even if you didn't have already some kind of, you know, mental issue going on, that would be like extremely difficult. You have a, you know, a daughter that you're working a uh, family you're working, you know, really hard for. You've got mm-hmm. a husband who's chasing a dream. It's like, well, I have dreams, but I can't chase my dreams because I got to make sure this family is, you know, eating. Exactly, got then, bills to pay, dude. Yeah, and you're like, okay, well, I need to take up these double shifts so we can pay for this tutor. And guess what? Now my husband's going to be banging the tutor. So, like, what do you <laughs> the tutor I mean, that she hires? <laughs> yeah, and so I mean, you've got a few for. I mean, even yeah, I felt, I felt. I felt bad for like this is one of those where you like you look at everybody like you ought to reserve a do over. Like this no is kidding. not a fair situation for anybody.
1: Yeah, I you know, like I said, I had a hard time liking Nancy at Wilkes at first, you know. Um, but then like you said, she's the one that hired the tutor for Annie. Uh when she realized that Annie was not far enough in her reading to pass her G E D. Um and then of course, like I said, in, in doing so, she's the one that actually brought the woman in that her husband would leave her for, not her fault by any means. Um, She should have been able to hire anybody and, and that not happened. Um, but she encouraged Annie to get out of their town and, you know, do something with herself. Um, you know, and she really could have done worse by revealing to Annie that her dad was with the tutor and that they were having a baby. Um, You know, she had to know, you know, that all of this was going on. And she could have totally turned that and used that against her, her husband and, and kind of tried to sway Annie. Cause you, you they still, Annie and her father until her mother died, still maintained this really close relationship, you know, she, up until even the point where, um, her mother killed herself. She's still on her, you know, her mom, where she wants to go to school. And she's like, well, dad went there and he said, he's going to come visit me at my dorm. And you know, so she, you know, she could have done it at any, at any time at this point and told Annie, and, and and said, "Well, your father's a liar and a cheater. He's having a baby with this other woman." But she didn't do that. So I feel like there were some good qualities, but clearly some really um, not so great qualities as far as her extreme viewpoint of the world and what she passed on to Annie, as far as you know. Um, This black and white viewpoint of you're either good or you're bad and there's no in-between. And clearly with these two people, though, her mother and her father, they were both somewhere in between. You know, they were both good and I think they were both in their own way kind of bad.
2: Yeah, I mean, they were just like, they're human being, basically. And that's something... Exactly. Complicated. You know, I think the first few episodes of this, like, Pop... I don't know, kind of going back to other characters, Pop is kind of that same way. Like, he's he's a guy who is trying to make up for a mistake that uh happened you know know, it was an accident that happened like you know again you have somebody coming at you with a gun like you just react as a soldier I'd assume and then you realize like oh god okay like this didn't happen like I I screwed up and he's trying to make right that wrong like that's a very human thing Mm -hmm. and same thing here with these two like it's just a very human reaction but I guess, like with Annie, too, I'm kind of curious, like it's very naive, I think, of her too, in this situation to be like, you know it's it's been I mean, I guess the you know joy at this point was probably what six months, eight months old, maybe maybe close to a year, and it took Annie that long to really discover, like, oh, wait, my tutor's pregnant." And mom and dad are getting divorced, and I liked how she said she's like, hey, I'm bad at English, I'm, I'm bad at reading, I'm not bad at math.
1: That was such a great line. Oh, she's yeah. like, you know, I struggled with reading, you know, math was not the problem. <laughs> and then slam, you know, that knife.
2: Oh, I don't know, I, 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 I'm guessing, you know, it's it's probably a parent thing, but like if my kid ever like grabs a knife in an aggressive manner, I mean, is that something you just kind of shrug off? I don't know. Like, that's the other thing I'm no. kind of like.
1: No, you shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't. But, I mean, she was with her father, and her. it's like you said earlier in the episode, her father kind of just glazed over uh, Annie's issues and flaws. You know, he did not want her um, on any type of medication um, for anything. He... Must have been diagnosed with something because he was telling Rita. He goes, "How would I have been able to write my novel if I was still on my lithium?" So he was on lithium.
2: Okay. I missed that because I wasn't sure if he said if he was talking about him or her.
1: I'm. I think he was talking about himself. Okay. And he was in the house, and he and Rita were outside, and he he was telling that to Rita. He's like, "How would I have been able to write my novel if not for my if I if I was still on my lithium?" Because kind of, I think Rita was talking about. Um, medicating Annie cause that's, she's coming okay. off that suicide of her mom. And, you know,
2: that's interesting though, because he always seemed pretty level headed though. Like, cause lithium, I get, I, I don't know if, do you know, like lithium, what's that it's supposed to kind of like level you out? Right
1: from my very limited knowledge. So don't anyone please at me for my lack of knowledge. I'm admitting that. Um, but what little I do know, I I do know that some folks, um, for bipolar disorder can be, um, prescribed lithium to help kind of balance out those highs and those lows.
2: Well, the only thing I know about that is the, the Nirvana song. So you're way ahead of me, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I, he seemed pretty, and I don't know if he went back on it. like, I don't but that doesn't make sense though with him because he'd finished the novel about the time she kinda had her situation. So it seemed like he was pretty level the whole time. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, okay. I mean we
1: didn't we didn't really see I mean, her dad I don't know, I could kind of see in some of his behavior a little bit odd, but would I have said, "Oh wow, he's he's bipolar um, because he's having these extreme highs or extreme lows"? I don't I don't think I identified that, but I did hear him say that. So I think okay. So her her father has some sort of condition that he had lithium for. Her mother, I believe, had some undiagnosed mental issues, and so then we see that culmination of that coming together in in Annie. And I'm trying to think, she was what sixteen, seventeen um, around that age when I guess she took the GED and she's ready to go to college. So she's around that age. seems a little bit early. I feel like I read when I read about these things that folks, when they suffer a mental break, it's in their early twenties. Um, like if they go through some type of traumatic event and it kind of triggers, um, you know, something in, in them and they go through a mental break. And I feel like that's kind of what Annie was going through. Um, and I, I guess she has a predisposition to that if both of her parents are also mentally ill um, and have some challenges there. Because um, you see, she does some really kind of creepy things after her mother's suicide. And clearly, t- 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 I think you get a pass if, if, you, if your mother commits suicide and then she's also tried to,
2: to, to kill you in the process. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's I feel she like she tried to kill herself. She tried yeah. to drive you into a river with yeah. her.
1: So I, I feel like Annie is allowed to have her issues, but she does some really creepy things. You know, she's staring through the windows. She walks into the baby's room. Like she just looks, she's got this blank Annie stare that we see Lizzie Kaplan do so well. Like she just she looks dead face. Oh, and she looks yeah. like she's in trance. Do, do you see that? Like when she walked into the baby's room the and, actress and the baby's that played, crying?
2: Oh, yeah. The actress that played young Annie. I want to see her yeah. in every creepy, like, she needs to be every creepy teenage girl from in, in any movie. It's like, hey, we're she cast. Did yeah, work. oh, yeah. yeah. Ruby right. Cruz. Creepy, is her name. creepy uh, teenage girl three. Who do we got? This girl. That's who you need right now.
1: Yeah, that's a really good time to really praise Ruby Cruz, the actress that played the teenage Annie. She is remarkable. She, I don't. I think when I read um, a little interview from one of the showrunners, they said that this was like her first big acting thing. This girl knocked it out of the park. She, I think, really um, captured uh, Annie Wilkes. I think that you can definitely see. I mean, there were times I saw her on the screen, and for a split second, I thought it was we're back to present-day Lizzie Kaplan, Annie Wilkes.
2: Oh, yeah. One like, percent She looked very agree. much like her. Yeah, I was there, like, oh
1: shit. That's was, that's her. No way. It's the young Annie.
2: There were spots where like, oh, they did a they did a cool like uh, you know, 6 month, you know, in the future thing and they put uh, you know, the actress playing older Annie in and like younger down. I'm like, oh, nope, that's that's still our actress, that's young actress.
1: Yeah, she did fantastic, but she really did I, I think you could almost start to see that walk present-day Annie has, this really stiff kind of walk that she has when she was out in the yard and she turned and walked away. I thought, oh man, that's a hint of the same (laughs) walk. And this this just creepy, like she had the dark circles under her eyes. Um, But I totally get it. I mean, clearly she, she probably, I don't know that her father sought help for her I think that you need someone to talk to if um you know your mother commits suicide and she's also tried to kill you in the process and oh by the way we're going to move in my girlfriend and my new baby at the same time you know as all this is happening they didn't even like leave and move out of the house they I yeah. think they could have done with moving out of that house and get a nice fresh change of scenery would have done really well for the family not being in that same house um you know, the dad moves back in and then he decides to move in his girlfriend, a new baby at the same time. And um, it's like, oh, you know. And so, yeah, I kind of see Annie gets a little bit of a pass for acting uh, the way that she did. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know if I would have acted any differently, but I feel like she had some creepy moments with the baby. I, um, I thought, I don't know. I just don't think Annie's going to hurt a baby. I don't I, I know she's on edge, yeah, but I just wish she uh, really hurt a baby.
2: I'm glad she didn't because I really didn't want to see that.
1: I don't think I could have. Uh,
2: that end yeah. scene when, like, we see, like, it's basically the first part of the first episode where she goes to the water. I'm like, oh, well, that's baby joy. And she gets to the water and, like, starts lowering her down. I'm like, oh, please be baby joy. Please be baby joy. Cause I did not want to see uh, what yeah. they were kind of insinuating was about to happen.
1: Yeah, that would have been rough. But anyway, um, I just really thought there was some interesting, you know, where you can really see how joy was kind of formed her way of thinking and what has made her today as we know her um, when you see her parents. And that's why I think it was such a a brilliant show because it just all made perfect sense and it tied together beautifully and it, it just, it makes sense to me. So that's my number two. Um, What is your number one? I'm excited to talk about our number one.
2: uh, So my (laughs) number one is, Who's your mom? <laughs> uh, so uh, we, uh, I think, pretty clearly can say that uh, Annie is not Joy's mom. Yep. And we find out that the tutor is actually Annie's mom. Uh, what, what was her name? Rita? Rita. Uh, ooh, Rita Green. Good call back to Dexter, right? Because wasn't Dexter's wife named Rita? Dexter's
1: wife. Very and. Did you not get a Rita vibe from her a little
2: bit, yeah, her
1: yeah. voice very much i i I thought, oh my gosh, that's no way the actress that played Rita on Dexter it that wasn't was years though, yeah. ago, no, it was not, but man, she favored her the face, the hair, I mean, the hair was a little bit shorter than Rita and Dexter, but the hair that voice is what got me though mm, yeah. um, but anyway, yeah, you're right, go on, sorry,
2: uh but yeah, i like uh I like that we find out that okay, so it's like they don't they don't like. One thing that shows like this can do is they can be like, oh, they'll throw this little nugget out there. Like, oh fuck. Okay. I got to wait till next week to figure out if this is actually what I think it is. But Castle Rock is like, nope. So Joy is Rita's daughter and Annie is her half sister Mm -hmm. acting like her mom, which, (laughs) uh, I'm not saying like, this is all like encompassing, but I know there are a few serial killers that that was the case that,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Their
2: mom, I guess it's the reverse. Their mom was actually their sister, kind of. Or wait, I'm sorry. Their, the person that they said was their sister was actually their mom. I can't remember which serial killer it was. It was a famous one that was like that. But
1: I think Ted Bundy.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think
1: maybe for a while, like he thought he didn't know that his mom. He thought. I think. Oh man, I feel like I've seen every Ted Bundy thing, and I'm pretty sure. And I might be misspeaking because it's been a day. Um, I thought that he was raised either by his grandmother and thought his mother was his sister Yes, and later found out or something to do with his parentage. But anyway, it messed him up for sure, but, but yeah, clearly.
2: Basically like this whole like, oh, hey, guess what? Your family situation is really like messed up and weird. And I imagine like at mm-hmm. any point in age, it's like, oh, hey, you know, like the person you called it mom was actually your grandma and your, the person you thought was your sister was your mom. And hers is the reverse. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, the person you thought was your mom is actually your sister, and she kidnapped you and killed your dad and tried to kill your mom. It's like that would that would just mess anybody up. Oh but, hell, yeah. But you know the the twist that I like that they did in this is when when you saw all this happening, like, okay, so Annie killed her dad, which it was an accident. She actually tried to murder what she thought she was going to murder, Rita. But what we find out at the end, (laughs) Rita is alive. She is indeed. And the investigation by Joy leads her to call a number that is Rita. And what you see in the background is that Rita has not given up her search for her daughter. Right. And I am, this makes me hate Annie a lot and love (laughs) Rita even more. Because this is going to be a situation where you're going to see Rita show up, hopefully, Uh, because that's kind of that like mother bear situation. Like I know Amy's kind of been the mom and probably has some of that mothery bear kind of feelings just by, you know, raising her. But, uh, that's the, uh, the battle that I think is going to be very, very interesting.
1: I think it's going to be an interesting showdown, uh, for sure. I'm because I got a feeling she's going to show up um she's i mean clearly like you said she's been on the hunt looking for them like she's been on their trail i'm sure she's several steps behind um and that's why they keep moving um and i have a feeling annie knows that and that's why they keep moving
2: yeah and and that's funny i didn't think about that till just now but uh annie's always been concerned like if we stop or if we do all this stuff like we're gonna get found and you're gonna Mm -hmm. get taken away well it's kind of different now because the first four episodes are like, oh my god, who's coming after him? It's got to be a bad guy.
1: Yeah, you no. think it's bad. Yeah,
2: but- no, no, yeah. no. It's her actual mother is trying to take her away. Her mother is trying to basically save her from this situation.
1: Which makes it interesting because if Annie thinks that she killed Rita, why would she feel the need to keep running?
2: I'm guessing she doesn't know that she or she does. She knows that Rita's alive. She has to know that Rita's alive, right? Because she's the person that at least knows how to work the internet. She's looked at all this stuff. She would have to know that Rita, there's no, been no, like, you know. Like there's an active
1: search or happening or something.
2: Um, So she is on the run from Rita, not on the run from her dad.
1: Or maybe if she read, like if she's been keeping up with stories um, and newspaper clippings because we see in, in misery that she keeps all of these newspaper clippings. She follows the news on all of these events that she's involved with. So if she's wanted for a murder or an assault, um, like we saw, um, Oh, I think we saw like the wanted poster or whatever that she was, or maybe that's something that Ace, uh, found, um, before he died and came back. Um, so if she was following that story after they left town and after she ran with Joy, um, and then she realizes, oh, Rita didn't die. She survived, but of course she still stabbed her, so she's wanted for that. So maybe just following stories like as Annie is prone to do, at least her character, and following along with that, maybe that's how she knows. I was just curious. I thought, how does she know to keep moving like that? How does she even know that they can't you know, just settle?
2: One thing I hope they don't do is I hope they don't make us sympathetic towards Annie at all. Mm-hmm. And I say that because like this episode really reminded me there was this uh, made for TV series. I don't know if you would if you remember it, but it was called I Know My First Name Is Steven.
1: Oh, that sounds familiar for some
2: reason. Um, like my mother kind of tormented me with these shows, but <laughs> it was it was a made for TV show. Where lifetime. It, I think it was Lifetime. I'm pretty confident it was Lifetime. <laughs> But it's about this uh, boy who gets kidnapped as like a three or four year old and is raised by this other guy who's a horrible guy who abuses him and everything, but basically tells him all these lies about like, oh, uh, you know, you know, your name's not Steven. It's this. Your parents couldn't keep you anymore because they had financial issues, basically corrupting this kid. Oh, wow. And, you know, when this kid gets to a certain age, he's like, this stuff doesn't make sense. And it really kind of reminds me of this because it's like Joy's getting to this age where she's like, wait a minute, you're telling me all these things. And these like, as I'm learning, like this does not line up at all.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
2: But like, I don't want them to, to make Annie to be a sympathetic character in a sense of like, I mean, there are some things, but she's, you know, when you think of good and bad, she's bad. Like, you know, she's. Kidnap this person. Try she to. She thinks murder. she's
1: good. Yeah. Uh,
2: and, and the my name is Steven uh, TV show. The dude that kidnapped the boy was an evil person and deserves to die. You know, a thousand deaths. Um, Annie, I don't know if you would say that or not, but uh, it's uh, it's 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 just very interesting for sure.
1: You have you seen the room with Brie Larson?
2: I haven't. I've I've queued it up a couple times and. I think the trailer and the 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 premise and stuff is like I, that's like because she's like kidnapped or something, right? Her and her daughter or her and her son.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, like that's just that's. Uh, I don't like that stuff. It's not, yeah. not. my... Spoiler
1: my alert. Um, yeah it's it's a rough it's a rough movie. My I had to kind of be in a special mental space to watch it, and my daughter harassed the shit out of me to 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 watch it. She's like, "Have you watched this yet? Have you watched this yet?" I'm like, "No, I just don't know if I'm ready." And Finally, um, she's like, "Come on, let's watch it." I'm like, "All right." And I mean, she harassed me for several months after it was uh, released. Um, I don't know which streaming service has it because I feel like I have them all now because you have to subscribe
2: to all these streaming services. Yep. Um,
1: but whichever one it was on, maybe Netflix. Um, I think it's yeah. I had to watch it. It was it it's rough. Amazon.
2: I thought it was Amazon.
1: Is it, it? might be. I honestly, I do not remember. But, but whichever streaming service it was on, um, it's a rough go if you ever decide to watch it. Um,
2: yeah, I think it, it all comes. Back Back to like I I I don't think I made the connection until we talked about. It. So you're helping me work through some stuff, Rima. But oh good, um, <laughs> oh
1: good, there is free therapy. <laughs> it's definitely like
2: that that show I mentioned earlier. My name I know my first name is Steven. Kind of I think that's when I read The Room. Like those kind of like oh like that just like the thought of being kidnapped and manipulated and stuff like that is just like like the worst of humanity. And I just uh, I just can't really and that's what this kind of reminds me of a little bit. Yeah. Too, which,
1: well, and that's that's a really good segue into my number one as well, and just go ahead and talk about it, and that's Joy. And I, I, I really find it interesting that Annie tells Joy that her dad is a bad man, and he's the one that's out to get them. But when she describes her own father to Joy, she talks about what a good man he is. And, you know, hey, they don't make him like him anymore. Um, you know, and she goes on and on about what a great father he was and that he was a searcher not a settler um but then when she talks about the bad man that's coming after um after them and and after joy he's a really bad man well they're the same man and it's so interesting because it's like this is annie's way of seeing both sides of her father and you know the good and the bad which is something she can't typically do she can't see she only sees either you're bad or that you're good and she's I don't know if she was – she's somehow able to separate like – you know even though their father is the same person, the person, her father that she knew and remembered was a great man. And she talks about with him in in very high regard. But the same man who's also Joy's father um, and how she knew him, he was a bad man and he was terrible. And I just – I find that really interesting that somehow she's making that make sense in her head. It's like she's kind of displaced him as two different people um, even though – for for them it's the same father so um and i think it's just really interesting that joy the way that she's been raised and formed as annie's daughter and and how annie's imprinted on her the same as annie's own parents and her mother you can see very strong influences you know with her mother and her way of thinking and the way that she speaks um and how she kind of you know, she she lashed on more to how her mother was because she was very much attached to her dad. You could tell very much she was a daddy's girl. She very much identified with her free-thinking, free-spirited father more than what she did her mother. But then whenever her mother um, committed suicide and she, you know, was finding out these things about her dad and that, you know, he um, had this baby with Rita and had lied to her. And um, then she saw him as bad. She then identif- seems to have identified with her mother. Um and then to see how she's imprinted on joy and how this is formed who who joy is and now she's finding out these you know truths about who she really is i think it's going to be really interesting moving forward to kind of see how joy evolves or 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 basically what happens to her moving forward because i feel like she's there's all these other uh, annie's very interesting character i feel like she is a main character but i feel like so much of this is through joy's eyes we're we're seeing annie through joy's eyes we're seeing joy's perspective and what's going on and um so i'm really interested to see how that's going to play out moving forward um you know, because of how she's been raised and kind of, um, and we saw some of that when she was talking with Nadia in the hospital, right? When she's like, you know, who cleans your teeth? She's like, oh, my mom cleans my teeth. Her mom did it for her. And, um, you know, talking about how we have to move around a lot because mom has to go work on all these different hospitals to maintain her nursing license. You know, so it's just really interesting how I think this is going to play out moving forward. And that's what I'm excited to see.
2: I like it. Uh, I think we covered all my notes. So what do you have for some notes?
1: I only have a few because we did talk about some as well. So one of them, when uh, Annie and her father are playing tetherball in the backyard, uh, Annie whacks it really hard, goes over her father's head and he yells, my daughter is killing me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Foreshadowing. (laughs)
1: Oops. Might not want to say that too too much louder there, Dad. Because um, that comes true later. Um, things I really loved about this episode, this yin and yang that we get, the, the disturbing sequences. Um, Annie's mother's suicide—that was rough. That was just rough to see her. Her—you could just. She did it so well. I don't remember the actress's name. I've, I've seen her before. I know she played the therapist in Big Little Lies. She was so so great in Big Little Lies, and I know she's been in some other things. That's what I know her from. You could just really see that descent, that darkness come over her in that descent before she committed suicide. That was hard to watch. Her father's death, Annie, when when he is impaled on that banister, um, that was gruesome. Uh, It was hard to watch. Um, But then you have the flip side of that, and that was that relationship between Rita and Annie. We didn't talk about that too much. They really did form a really great relationship and a deep bond. Um, It was really lovely to see how Annie was um, able to connect with Rita and vice versa. And that relationship uh, as uh, Rita was teaching her uh, to read and helping her through GED. I thought that was really nice. It was a, a fun side of Annie that we didn't get to... You know, really see, and she was kind of free, you know, um, definitely, but you know now she's so rigid in her thinking, you don't get to see her be very playful and natural, and she really was in this episode, and that was really nice. The music was absolutely chilling in this episode, this deep uh like Throbbing synthesized music, like um when they're sitting at the dinner table, um, when you see uh, present-day Annie sitting at the bar with Ace, when Ace slides up to her uh in the in the bar stool, which what the hell's gonna happen yeah. with that now? So that's really exciting. Um, but the music was so good. It just had me on edge and it really uh had my goosebumps um on on full force. Um this was a really great explanation too. When we see the flashbacks of her dad, and the blood trickles up his face instead of down his face. So when he died, he died with his head back and blood
2: yeah. flowing up uh-huh. up his
1: face. So for Annie to see him when she's hallucinating him and he's standing upright, but the blood's flowing up. The, well, that's when how he died was the blood flowing up his face. I thought that was just an amazing detail. And loved it so much that they put that in there.
2: The the little tidbit about his death, too, uh, it's not really a hallucination, but, like, even as he was, you know, dying, essentially, he's like, it's okay, it's okay. Like, basically, like, not blaming her for it.
1: Yes. That's another my note. Whenever he's, you know, that was heartbreaking. It oh, was so yeah. hard. I mean, one, it was hard to see because it was a pretty gruesome death. The blood, Um you know, her dad's all splayed out and how then she, she's trying to like get him off, like trying to maybe like lift him off of that. And the whole time he's telling her it's okay, it's okay. Um, that, uh, that was bringing me to tears. I was just devastated for, for all of them. I thought, my God, what, what a terrible accident that's happened and how this is really going to form, um, Annie, um, the river, you mentioned how when she had Joy there at the river there at the end, which was the beginning of the cold open for us in episode one and the end of this one. Um, I thought, oh, shit, she's going to drown herself in that baby. She's going to do what her mother yeah, did. I was, and I was like, oh, no, this can't, this cannot be happening. And we're pretty sure that it's probably not going to happen because we're pretty confident that is Joy, of course. Well, even um,
2: when like, the baby starts laughing at her.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
2: I was like, okay, like, is she seeing like the, the humanity here? And I'm like, Oh God, please still like, that would be even creeper. She's like, Oh, you're laughing drown. You're like, Oh,
1: <laughs> I know. I was like, Oh wow. But it, instead of taking that same route that her mother did, this river was like a rebirth for her. It's like, she was like reborn. Um, that's what it kind of represented uh, for me in this. So, um, let's see a few. So then Easter eggs, um, you mentioned already, this was so amazing. Such a great bridge from this show to the movie. And that's my number one fan. Uh, the phrase that was the tagline for the movie misery, thanks to Kathy Bates chilling delivery. Um, this like, like I said, bridges as the as series as well. to the movie. And then a few, there there were not a whole lot of actual Easter eggs. A few others, um, callbacks, What or not callbacks, sorry, more of uh, same but different. And that's, you mentioned the plunge into the river. We had her mother driving off into the river in her car, um, killing herself. We know that happened also in season one with the warden. Um. The actress that played Rita, she was also um, an actress. She played a character named Sadie in eleven twenty two sixty three. Nice. Yep. Um, and then there was a visual cue. Um, so there were some pictures shown on a bookshelf. I don't don't remember. I'm sorry. I don't have the exact scene. But there's a picture of young. Baby Annie on a shelf, and it kind of goes a, a close up of the picture of her picture on the shelf. And there's um books um on either side, and they're vampire books. So,
2: oh, awesome. nice yeah, under- I didn't go-key. see that. That's pretty cool,
1: yeah. So, that that was pretty cool. So, a, a few fun little things um in there, but yeah, that whole um, her dad was like, you know, you're my number one fan. I was like, ah, um. This is, you know, tying, you know, kind of that whole Paul Sheldon thing. Got the, the typewriter. Her dad loved the typewriter. Yeah, well, those yep. deep keys. Um, so yeah, just so many good little tie-ins and kind of little oh this this is this all sounds familiar. I did sorry, one more little it's maybe not quite an Easter egg, but you know how they have like all those really cool visual cues in the credits. Um, they'll show parts of Stephen King's book and number 19 and different things like that. They, they show a page um, and you'll have to just kind of look for it because I don't remember exactly where it happens in the credits. But when they show one of the book pages, um, it shows one of the words um, uh, on the typewriter and it's missing the letter N. And in the movie Misery, the typewriter she gives Paul to write rewrite his book is missing the letter n
2: Oh that's awesome.
1: yeah you can see where and Annie goes in as she's reading the pages um, as Paul writes them she's going in and filling in the Ns for him um, as she's reading it so you can tell that in that um, in that in the credits on that page there's the n was missing and someone wrote it in um, like that's she did cool. I like that. Super fun. I swear, that's what just gets me. I'm, I'm a details person, so when I, when I see these little details, it just just tickles me in all the right places. <laughs> so, I don't know. That was a really bad thing to say. Maybe I should have said <laughs> anyway, I liked it. So that's all of my notes and all of the Easter eggs that I have um, for this week. Really great episode. I'm so pumped to, to keep watching. <clears throat> Okay, so that leads us to the next part of the podcast. One of my favorite um, things, and that's my, uh, or our listener feedback, and that's letters from the laughing place. Um, first one's from Laura Willie Sweet. She says, just finished it and wow.
2: Our next one comes from Doug Fix. So another bang up start, a lunchbox to the head with blood splatter. Better get used to that splatter, young Annie. Now we see where she gets her vernacular. Christmas, booby hatch, bobby hatch, booby hatch, yep, booby hatch, uh, cockadoodle, Jiminy. I'm going to try to use these instead of profanity this holiday season. <laughs> Shouldn't we all except when it comes to pit bull. Fuck that talented, no talent. Fuck <laughs> typewriter mystery solved. Annie's mom reminds me much of Carrie's mother. All good or <laughs> evil. No gray areas. Speaks of dirt and filth, and Annie can only see things this way, too. You're either good or bad. That's it. Also, Mom passed on her labeling anal retentive skills as well. Just as in Carrie, she was going to kill her daughter to save her from an evil, dirty world. Casting is again superb. Young Annie is triumph. And you may remember the mom from Deadwood as Calamity Jane. I think the tetherball game is symbolic of the battle for Annie. Back and forth, good and evil, mom and dad, dad and Rita. Well, that's a good call. Oh, yeah. I like the cuts to the current storyline woven into the backstory. Now we know the origin story and we can get on the army of darkness and see how all this comes together. Christmas. This show is cock a dooty good.
1: <laughs> I know. I love Annie's. Um, replacement for curse words in this show, I'm oh, yeah. definitely. Um, I'm with you, Doug. I'm going to start adapting them. Um, maybe it'll get a, get me out of my potty mouth. I don't know. <laughs> Probably not completely. I'm still going to say uh, the F-bomb way too many times, but I love that. Yeah, I did hear – I didn't watch Deadwood. I, I put that off for so long because people told me not to watch it because – um, there were all those rumors of the movie, and of course, we know the movie did get made. But before that, they said, Don't watch it because it, it, it doesn't end. It, it is, it's like it, it's not in a good place. And, you know, we recommend if you don't want to be frustrated that you probably shouldn't watch it. But I did hear um, or read that people did say that she was Calamity Jane in Deadwood. Now I need to go watch that. Um, really great callbacks and agreed again on pitbull i don't know why why I hate can they those not
2: commercials. oh my god why can't they
1: mix it up it's it's almost worth the extra what 5 bucks or 6 bucks a month to pay for the no commercials yeah.
2: um, you want no pitbull give us 5 extra dollars
1: it's like it's, it is it is like this torture device but you know what? i don't pay for my hulu i my i have my spotify and hulu tied together oh, and spotify gotcha. plays pays for my hulu um but they're not going to pay for the premium <laughs> 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 i'm like you know what if that is one less streaming service i have to pay for because i now have disney plus yeah,
2: i just got my through disney plus so that's kind of that's kind of what i'm stuck with you got
1: the bundle i know and i can't bundle that because i think you have to have oh. the premium version of hulu to bundle it with yeah, your I gotcha. disney i think i'm totally i feel like i'm so confused with all these bundling packages um so i haven't done that i thought well they're already paying for my hulu thank you spotify um But yeah, one more darn one that I don't have to pay for, but I'm not regretting Disney+. Plus. My God, the Mandalorian people.
2: Yeah, I'm going to watch episode two after we get off here. Oh,
1: God. I want to hear what you think about episode two. It's so damn good. I love the Mandalorian so much. Anyway, I'm so sorry. I've totally um, backslid all over the place um, on Doug's feedback, but it was so good. Um, Some good stuff. And that also leads us into a voicemail that we have from our good friend.
0: Steve Brown. Oh, this thing is recording this time. Um, um, hey, uh, Sean, Rima, it's Steve, this is for uh, the laughing place. Next episode of, of castle rock. And uh, I, I just finished watching it for the second or third time, I think. And uh, the, the, <laughs> the last thing that occurs to me is that baby's a pretty good actor. How do you get a baby to laugh on cue? That's pretty stinking good. <laughs> but uh, other than that, um, the the ouch my face at the beginning i i laughed every time i watched it as horrible as it is it's so good a little the lunchbox but still it was great um and um the music in this was really really good both the orchestra stuff and the, the carly simon music tying the flashbacks with the present day was was really really cool um and the disc that joy found last week it had the book on it so i think i I said last week we didn't know, but I think we did actually see the book last week in PDF form. Um, Rita, so we get a lot of questions answered, a lot of revelations in this, as far as uh, Joy's real name being Evangeline and uh, Joy's uh not Annie's daughter, but her half-sister. And of course, she's her mom is still alive, but uh, I did think it was a little bit uh, on the nose for him and his dedication to put Rita's full government like middle initial and everything like not just Rita not just Rita Green Rita K Green as as the dedication (laughs) I thought that was uh, a little little much and um did did teenage Annie look like she had a black eye every like every time we see her I think even before the river accident it looked like she's got like a like a bruise under one eye or both eyes. Maybe it was the way they did her makeup. I don't I don't know, but uh, did anybody else notice that or was I just crazy? Um, can't wait to hear what you guys thought. Talk to you later.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Steve. You made it just in the nick of time, too. I saw that you were leaving feedback and I thought you were too late and then we got it just in time, so thank you for that. Um, so I think... I noticed how dark I, Annie's eyes were, but it, to, to me it was more noticeable after her mother committed suicide.
2: Yeah. I kind of started to notice that too. It's almost just more like lack of sleep, right. you know, depression. She's kind probably
1: of not, she's probably not sleeping, probably not eating, taking care yeah. of herself. Um, And and it did. They were dark enough that, yeah, at times it looked like a black eye, but I think it was both eyes. And I think it was just that extreme stress of, you know, all the trauma that she's been through and experienced. So um, I did notice that, Steve. um, But it's good to good to point that out. That's awesome. Thank you guys so much for your feedback um, and hanging in there with us. I hope you guys are loving this as much as what we are. Um, Some really great stuff. I can't wait to see what happens these next few episodes. So thank you guys for um, all of your amazing feedback.
2: Yeah, thanks, everybody. All right, so next week we'll be covering the sixth episode of Castle Rock Season 2 titled The Mother. So the description for this episode is Rita travels to Castle Rock in order to find answers while Ace continues to set this plan into motion, and Joy struggles with a choice.
1: Well, I guess now we know. Spoiler alert! <laughs> I can't believe they put that in the description. I yeah, think we kind of know, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you feel like it's where it's going to lead, so spoilery, I guess. Um, but we're really excited for you to travel to Salem's Lot with us. And while visiting, you can follow us on Twitter at Strange Cast.
2: You can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. you can check us out on Instagram at strange underscore indeed underscore pod.
1: You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com, and you can also find us on the TV Time app.
2: And you can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at Podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcast. Oh, my uh, gosh. House Podcast is doing The Mandalorian right now, so if you're digging that show, check that out. They're doing a great job
1: doing a great job so the fellas if you're familiar with evil dead cast that jason did with his good friends uh jason or jason rich and chris all three of them um together did evil dead cast they have reunited and that was amazing because i love those three guys together they always crack me up got together
2: reunited and it feels so good
1: and doesn't it though (laughs) um but yeah, they reunited to do the Mandalorian. They are doing a fantastic job on that podcast. Love those three together. Um, and again, check out um, House Podcastica and check out the Mandalorian on Disney Plus. It's worth the price alone. Oh yeah, just that show for me. I, I would have done it just for that show. When, and it's amazing. So anyway, be sure to check out them also on Podcastica and. Since we are talking about amazing podcasts, make sure to check out Sean and his other podcast, The Language of Bromance, that comes out every Sunday. What you got cooking this week, Sean?
2: Oh, well, this week we've got a great draft episode, and Thanksgiving's coming up, so right after Thanksgiving, you've got the holiday season, so we are going to be drafting our favorite holiday movie TV shows based around the holiday, Christmas time, so... Make sure nice. you check that out, as that'll come out this Sunday. Love it. Oh,
1: yeah, I, I got to take them in doses, though. You know, I, I I feel like I need to enjoy my holidays. I can't watch any Christmas movies until after Thanksgiving, yep, or at least yep. right after Thanksgiving. Uh, so, we,
2: it didn't time out just right, because hopefully it would have come out the Sunday mm-hmm. after, but our drafts are always on threes and eights, and this week's 283, yep. so got to get okay. it out. <laughs> That's
1: okay. You guys get a pass. That's just my own personal rule. But yeah, that's good. we well, can't wait for that one. Um, be sure to check that out, guys.
2: All right. Well, that's our show. Episode 109 of The Laughing Place.
1: Until next time, I'm Rima.
2: And I'm Sean.
1: And Pake Allen is strange indeed.